When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Burris. That, as always, is Zach Reagan of A to Z Sports. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything falls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and when you're there, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. Because if you do subscribe, you won't miss any of our episodes when we drop them on Mondays. Speaking of Mondays, it is one right now at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that means that we are live on YouTube. Go over to the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel and subscribe there. Hit that notification bell. Hit the thumbs up button on this very video. And uh, you can come hang out with us. Because people that watch it live, you can comment. And leave your comments and very literally be a part of the show because we love to read the comments and uh, respond to them. So uh, so do that. Subscribe to the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. At Charlie underscore Burris. At Zach TNT. At A to Z Sports on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, a to Z Sports.com for the stuff that Zach writes. For all of his millions and millions of page views that he's racking in for that beautiful website that we got over there. I'll give you a quick rundown of the folks that keep this show going. You'll see them there at the uh, bottom of the screen. First, Superbook Sports. There's no better place to wager on your favorite sports than Superbook Sports. Go to Superbook.com and download the app today. Rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey from Logstill Distillery. Make your own luck. Just like Tennessee football's fast-paced rattle and snap offense with rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey. Omaha Steaks, $20 off your order of perfectly aged steaks, juicy burgers, and decadent desserts with promo code BALLS. That's Omaha Steaks. And finally, Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, better rates, and better service. Go to fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Thank you to them. Support them because they support us. And what is up, Zach and everybody else who is here? How are we doing? Oh, man, what a weekend. Uh, lots of Tennessee Orange heading to the NFL, which is uh, fun to see. It's just a great sign that Tennessee's on the right track. Missed the days of when I was growing up. It seemed like every game had a couple of Tennessee players featured in it, every, every NFL game. So nice to see a lot of those guys getting back and uh, or getting to the NFL in some spots where they should really have a chance to make an impact. Going to talk about all that coming up. And we got to tell people to follow the uh, Big Orange Podcast account on Instagram, too, trying to trying to grow that a little bit. Yeah, we never pumped that up on here. I don't know why. why I, keep I, forget, I always forget, yeah. The Big Orange Podcast on Instagram, and you can see we got some sweet graphics over there. We got some sweet videos over there. Um, and yeah, go follow it for everybody that uses Instagram. I feel like that that skews maybe a little younger than our typical crowd. <laughs> uh, but if you do use it, it is there for you. The Big Orange Podcast on Instagram. But yeah, today, I mean, it's going to be mostly NFL draft. But there's a lot of different storylines here. It's going to yes. be fun because it's... 
not just the NFL draft. I mean, Tennessee, five players in the first three rounds, which I believe was good enough for uh, the number two team in America for most players taken in the first three rounds of the draft this season. Uh, a top 10 pick, the first top 10 pick of the Josh Heupel era in Darnell. Right? First top 10 pick since 2010 when Eric Berry went. Wow. I mean, lots of uh, incredible stuff all the way around as far as this draft goes. And we're going to break it all down, kind of give our take on everything. Uh, we'll say one of the segments is going to be devoted, at least for a segment of that segment, to the Tennessee Titans and their choices uh, because they come into the story a little bit and I'll give my quick take on that. I mean, this is a Nashville website. It is eSports Nashville. So I'll, I'll let you know what I think about what Titans did. There's a little um, balls angle to it as well. There is. There is. Uh, and, and like Ben in the comment mm. series says, Charlie, talk me into keeping my lifelong Titans fandom. I'm in a dark place. Buddy. I wish Ben Hall could have seen some of the text you sent this weekend. <laughs> So am I. I am in a dark place. Oh, um, yeah. That'll that'll be I, I think segment two. Uh, but we're gonna start off by just kind of giving you our quick rundown of of everything that happened with the Vols. Uh, but before I do that, I got to tell you about our first amazing sponsor. That is Superbook Sports. Make 2023 the year you be Vegas. Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head -head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms. No guys across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets that you will find anywhere. Download the Superbook sports app or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. That is Superbook sports. Go download it, folks. You know you want to. Um, all right. So, quick rundown. We already mentioned a whole bunch of it. Five five balls taken in the first three rounds. A really incredible night uh, for Tennessee football, especially the implications for recruiting. We're going to talk about that in a second. But number 10 overall in the draft was Darnell Wright to the Bears. Then uh, there was a lull there. We all sort of had thought that maybe... You would have Hooker in the first round. Maybe you would have uh, a Jalen Hyatt slip in in the first round, something like that. I think a lot of us thought Cedric Tillman was a second-round guy. And they skip all the way to the third round, and there's there's something to be said about that. But then the sky's open, and it was just Tennessee dude, Tennessee dude, Tennessee dude, Tennessee dude, all in that third round, and it was great. Hooker to the Lions. Uh, you had Hooker to the Lions, Hyatt to the Giants, Tillman to the Browns. And then maybe my favorite story that came out of Tennessee with the draft, Byron Young to the Rams. Love it. Clip of him getting the call. Yeah, so that was awesome. Starts, guy starts crying. It, it got me, man. It got me. Oh, yeah. Up. In that moment, you see everything that he went through, you know, from going to a, a junior college to try to keep his dream alive, you know, working part-time jobs. That We all know the Dollar General manager story or assistant manager story with Byron Young. So for him to, to get to where he is now, it, it's an incredible story, and it, Really, I mean, should serve as a story to any young athlete out there. You know, don't give up. Keep pursuing your dream. I mean, no, it's not going to work out for everybody, but you work hard and, you know, good things can happen. And you, you just can't be happier you know, for a guy like that. It, he truly deserves it. And I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Just you've seen the drive he has to get to where he is and to not give up. 
he's got elite athleticism. He put on a show at the combine ran like a four four one or four four three, I think, in the forty yard dash, which is completely insane for an edge rusher. I mean, I think Will Anderson ran like a four six. And I'm not bashing Will Anderson by any means, but you know, he's got that type of athleticism, had the longest broad jump of the day and in his group. So I think he's got what it takes to make an impact. I don't know if he's going to be like a Von Miller type guy. I mean, that wouldn't be fair to put any sort of expectations like that on him. But I think he can have a nice career and, and you know, produce for, for Los Angeles. Absolutely. I All these dudes, I'm so, so happy for. I mean, obviously, Hinden Hooker finally getting his payoff and, and seeing all of that come to fruition, even if it wasn't as high as we were hoping. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, getting, I, I like his spot at the Giants, mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman to the Browns. I, I think it goes, that's one that flies under the radar, but I think Cedric Tillman, I wish he wasn't playing with the Browns because it's a place where NFL careers go to just die. <laughs> it's just not a, not a place where a lot of football players go and flourish. But uh, I, I think he's a just a prototypical NFL wide yeah. receiver. Uh, you know, get him over the hump of this this stupid injury that happened this last season. I think it's all right there for him to have a long NFL career as a wide receiver. So and I'm, he's, I'm, he's going to be lining up beside one of the best route runners in the NFL, and Amari Cooper. I mean, you learn from guys like that, and that's only going to make Tillman better. And maybe Deshaun Watson, re- you know, finds that you know superstardom that he had in Houston and can turn things around there. I mean, it's not like it's a terrible quarterback situation. I know things didn't go well last year, and there's been a lot of controversy there, but. He could have landed in a worse situation, I think. Absolutely. Uh, none of these I, I necessarily hate at all. I, I think they're they're all pretty good. I wish at least one of them would have ended up with the Titans. Not even the undrafted free agents ended up with the Titans. Oh, no, don't, let's we'll get there. We'll get there. You, don't start you me think that's that because the yet. general manager is a Gator? Do you think that has anything to do with it? I, I can tell you. That they certainly don't care anything about Tennessee fans. That is for damn no. sure. Learn that. Thank uh, you, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, not not that they necessarily have to, but I mean, good lord, I know uh, your audience a little bit though. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's the largest sports fan base in the entire state or something. You know, nothing big. Um, but yeah, n- none of these I, I necessarily dislike it at all. I, I think they all got taken at at a point high enough where none of these were like disappointing. Nobody fell far enough where I was just like, oh no. I can't believe they fell that far. Like, I, there was always a possibility Hooker was going to fall that far. I was surprised he fell that far, but not, you know, I'm not catatonic, not like, oh man, he deserved way better than that. Like, he, third round is a good spot. That's that's a great, as far as NFL players goes, he's going to get a shot. Yeah. You know, taking in the top three rounds of the NFL draft. And same for all the rest of these guys. I like too. Hooker's situation a lot, too. I think it's yes. a, a great situation. Detroit showed a lot of interest in him before the draft, so it wasn't a total shock that he landed there. I thought you know, Detroit Raiders, the Buccaneers, somewhere like that was probably his most likely landing spot. But there you get to sit behind Jared Goff, who's kind of had a little bit of a career renaissance there in Detroit, made a Pro Bowl last year, learned from him for, for a year. I know the big question with Hooker is the offense, the offense, the offense. Can he run a pro-style offense? You know, yeah, what he ran at Tennessee is not what they'll do in Detroit, obviously, but he's going to sit for a whole year and get to devour this playbook. Have you? We've all listened to Hendon Hooker talk. We've all heard him in the in his press conferences. We know what kind of person he is. Do you really think he can't pick up some of these concepts that he doesn't necessarily already know maybe because he hasn't done it? I mean, he's he's got the capability to do that. Yeah, he has to go prove it, and maybe that's why he slipped because he hasn't, but 
You want to take Hendon Hooker, who played at a super high level at Tennessee, but didn't run a pro style offense over, you know, Will Levis at Kentucky, who ran a pro style offense, but didn't do very well at it. So it's like, yeah, he's got the concepts down, but he hasn't shown that he can be efficient in that offense. It's a it's a debate that I don't know if we'll ever hear the end of unless Hendon Hooker just goes and tears it up in the NFL uh, and has a long career. That would kind of put some of those questions at ease, kind of like Patrick Mahomes did, you know, with the air raid offense. You know, you don't hear as much about those quarterbacks coming out as you used to. It used to be kind of the kiss of death for those guys. So I, I do like his situation quite a bit. Yeah, Mahomes has done a lot to change that entire perception. I mean, you have a, an air raid dude that's won multiple Super Bowls. I mean, go look at what was written about Mahomes in 2017 or when it, before he was drafted, and a lot of it is the exact, almost word for word, some of the stuff you'll see that was written about Hooker. It's true. Uh, I, this is a lot of people right here. Mitch in the comments, he says, uh, <laughs> go Tennessee Lions. I, uh, I'm feeling that little one foot out the door. They're a tricky <laughs> NFL team already. You know, they were like nine yeah. and eight last year, almost made the playoffs. They're hard mm-hmm. knocks. Dan Campbell's got a big personality. Kind of the trendy team, to, or the, the dark horse team to make a run this year. So, you know, throw Hooker in there. It is a nice place, I guess, if you want to move your fandom. Yeah. And well, let me forgetting John Hill right here. He says, I sure wish Hooker had come to Atlanta. There are a lot of Tennessee fans who are also Falcons fans. I know a couple of them. Um, but yeah, I, I like that Lions spot. I, I think that behind Goff, I, Goff is not bad. But I would put it this way. I think Hooker's going to get his shot. <laughs> That's how I would frame that situation. I, I think Goff, they're not looking at Goff as like, all right, he's here for the next five years minimum, and we're going to try to yeah. just, you know, milk everything out of this dude that we can. No, I, I think Hooker's going to get a real shot there. So that's that's great for him. And for the top dude from Tennessee's draft class, I mean, what can you say about Darnell Wright? Just getting getting everything we wanted to see for this guy and more, a top 10 pick there was real speculation that he could fall to the titans and we we don't totally know but i i could have seen absolutely you know if he was available at 11 the titans took an offensive lineman i think that absolutely could have happened uh but ultimately goes to the bears at 10 i'm jealous of the bears they get an incredible offensive lineman uh and just man you know there was even that talk before the draft where it was like did you send it to me something where there were these rumors of just his work as his work ethic. We're not sure if he is really up to the the task or something. All these questions. Top ten pick. Get out of here. Dude, yeah. Top ten. That the stuff with the character. You know, it always comes out about certain guys, right? And with Darnell Wright, it that couple little things popped up days before the draft, which is really strange because we had not heard anything like that. I mean, we've been following him at Tennessee since you know the Jeremy Pruitt era, and never really heard anything like that about him. No, nothing that would have stuck out. You know, the only guy coming out of Tennessee that you might would have heard stuff about was Jeremy Bates, and all that stuff's very well documented, the legal issues and the things that happened with being kicked off the team and reinstated. We know all about that. Didn't have that stuff with Darnell Wright. There was one time that there was rumors that he might transfer, and he never did. You know, he stuck around at Tennessee and did everything the coaches asked him, never complained, moved to left tackle, moved to right tackle, went where, you know, and excelled, especially at right tackle. And then you hear the this workout that the Bears put him through. Like, they tried to make him give up. They, I mean, it almost sounded like some military training or something that they were putting him through. They were like, we're going to put you know push you until you can't even stand up anymore. And they were giving him play calls and changing the play calls at the last second, you know, before the, the ball was snapped and, and all these different scenarios thrown at him. And they were like, they, they just couldn't tire him out. 
They couldn't make him give up. I mean, that that's ultimately why he they were comfortable taking him in the top 10. Absolutely. And so excited for him. Can't wait to see these dudes play because ultimately what this really means, and this is probably like the main conversation that I feel like a lot of Tennessee fans want to hear, but man, how big is this for Tennessee recruiting? You, you actually saw, I think uh, I was looking for it on my phone uh, just now. But uh, where was it? This is uh, Patrick Brown from 247. He tweeted this out earlier. Josh Heupel with some Vols draft thoughts regarding his offense and its players not translating to the NFL. Quote, I've had more wide receivers drafted in the last three years than any other college coach. I think that speaks to what we're doing and how we're developing those guys. Well, you know, speaking Point of that, blank. that comment right there, uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt landing with the Giants. Brian Dable talked to the media after they selected Hyatt and he was asked about kind of the routes and stuff that Jalen Hyatt ran at Tennessee and Dable told reporters. Yeah. A lot of the, some of the same routes he ran at Tennessee or some of the routes we run here with the giants. I'm like you, we've heard so many NFL coaches, a lot of them anonymous, uh, like the athletic or interview, some of these guys and they didn't really, I mean, yeah, there were some that had concerns, but a lot of them weren't that concerned about what they did at Tennessee. Like it was more these draft analysts and these media folks that get on ESPN and talk. And it's, it's a talking point because it's easy. It's a different type of offense. It's a real easy narrative to put out there. People buy into it. I'm sure some NFL teams did buy into it. That's why some of those guys slipped a little bit, but they act like it's this, a completely different sport that they're playing at Tennessee in this offense. I don't, I don't understand it. At the end of the day, you've got an offensive line five guys and a tight end, you know, blocking. You're trying to complete a pass down the field and you're trying to get a your wide receiver to beat a defensive back. I mean, it's it's sim it's I know that there's obviously some very complex offensive systems out there. We've seen people try to install those and it fell like Dave Clawson back at Tennessee in two thousand eight. But at the end of the day, football is football. It's throwing the ball down the field and trying to get open. And they act like it's just just foreign concept in at Tennessee and doesn't seem like the NFL necessarily shares that same viewpoint. Yeah, that I think given more time is just going to continue to to blow over. Cuz we all kind of knew that 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 whole narrative was pretty ridiculous to start with. A dude's good, a dude's good. Yeah. And, and you know the other thing about that narrative that that Dable shut down is he's coached a Josh Heupel wide receiver before. He had Gabe Davis in Buffalo when he was the offensive coordinator with the Bills. He knows, you know, the players coming from that system and what they have to do or what they can do, the adjustments they have to make or don't make or whatever the situation is. He's familiar with players from Josh Heupel's system. If it was a negative, do you think they would have taken Hyatt? And Dable's the one that initiated the trade up to get Hyatt. He's the one that wanted to, to happen. Uh, exactly. I mean, I think that's pretty telling. Every Everything about this draft, I I think – just puts puts all of that to bed. And I, and I know you could try to keep that narrative open where you go like, well, they still fell to the third round. They weren't first round guys. Like, oh, come on, get, get out of here with that first three rounds. You know, it's not everything is the first round. Sure. But like the first three rounds of the NFL draft and having five guys fall in there is really great stuff no matter how you slice it you can make up all your excuses that you want to to try to downplay what's happening here but ultimately that's just gonna fall flat because it just isn't <laughs> it's, just, it's just not right these dudes believe in josh eipel's guys that that is what it is and and that'll just keep 
panning out, the more guys he gets into the league and the more they're able to show what they're, uh, what they're able to do. So, uh, otherwise anything else before we move on to, uh, I guess we'll say a, a, it's not Titans talk. We're going to tie in Hinton Hooker with it too. But before I have to torture myself talking about this franchise, some. Yeah, I think I think we need to discuss the Darnell Wright stuff and then get into the Hooker Titans talk. Well, I was good, so that I, I was going to make that the third segment. Okay, well let's because go let's go straight into Hooker then now because that's okay. fresh on my mind too. All right, we we can, <laughs> we could definitely do that. It's loaded. There's loaded. There's. Some yeah. loaded things here coming up. There, there's a little teaser for you. So it's, uh, <laughs> Darnell Wright and Zach writing about Darnell Wright has opened up the door for a bunch of uh, Georgia fans to hate Zach more than they already did. I mean, Georgia God, fans. I'm never going to Athens. Oh, yeah. they uh, We're not welcome there anymore. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that in just one second. But first, before we get into the hooker, Levis, that whole thing, uh, I'm going to tell you about our next awesome sponsor. Omaha Steaks. Uh, can I find the actual read? Here it is. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with all new handmade texture for the juiciest homestyle burgers that you have ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code VALS at checkout and you'll get an extra $20 off orders of $129 or more plus free shipping. Order today so you can try each pure ground burger and sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code VALS at checkout. V-O-L-S. Uh, to get $20 off orders of $129 or more and discover your new burger obsession. Omaha Steaks, minimum order may be required, and that's uh, Omaha Steaks promo code Vols. Don't forget that part. Very, very important. B-O-L-S. Thanks to them. Now, let's get to it. So, obviously, I would have loved for the Tennessee Titans to take Hinden Hooker. That would have been amazing. Was it the perfect thing? Perfect thing for them to do? Probably not. Honestly, I was on the side of the Titans don't need a quarterback at all. But to me, there there was kind of this debate, and we had talked about it in weeks past of just like Hooker versus Levis. A lot of that had had been you know just flying around, and like I said, we had discussed it, and we were just like, we don't see what is what are people seeing with this Kentucky guy. Like, it's just not there. He's kind of just this, like, cheesy faux leader. He makes, like, TikTok videos and throws a bunch of interceptions. I, I don't know. It, I just, it wasn't connecting with me. And obviously, I didn't want the Tennessee Titans to take him. And then he he just tumbles down the board, goes undrafted in the first round. And everyone, I saw some stat that said there was a 95% chance he was supposed to be drafted. What does that even round. mean? Yeah, exactly. How do you, I mean, I can say whatever and make it. I mean, there's yeah. show your work on that ESPN. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's exactly that. Like the, all of this talk where it was just a sure thing that he was going to get taken. And of course we were looking and going like Hinton Hooker, if he wasn't injured, it's to us. Is it not a sure thing that he would be taken over Levis far better in college 
and and easily in terms of like in interviews and stuff, you mm-hmm. heard that behind the scenes. Hooker just blew away these interviews and was incredible. And that's what took him up the board. Uh, and so, you know, the, the Titans draft the the offensive lineman in that first round. And I was like, yeah, that's about right there. And now it's it's tank town for the Titans. It probably still is tank town. Um, ultimately, I think we'll see what they do in the offseason. And then it comes down to the second round and they trade up for Will Levis. And to say that I was catatonic, because we were making jokes about, you know, like, ah, ha, ha, if the Titans take Will Levis, I'm not going to be a fan anymore. And we were, t- you know, I've said, I said that on the show, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, And they did it. Not only did they do it, they traded up for the kid. They traded up for a kid that nobody wanted. And a kid who sucked in college. And a kid who played literally for an NFL offensive coordinator, had a bad offensive line, couldn't throw worth a crap against the half-decent team, and he sucked in every big game he ever played in. And then you look and you go, okay, every week in the NFL, he's going to be playing in a big game against great defenses. He's going to, with the Titans, have a terrible offensive line. And with the Titans, he's going to have an NFL offensive coordinator. So what about that season? He's going to be good. And perhaps the toughest thing to swallow to bring Tennessee back into it is that the Titans original pick in the second round, they could have taken Hinden Hooker if they wanted to in that spot. He still would have been available. He fell to the third round. And I'm just ill. Like I said, I don't think they should have taken a quarterback at all. But uh, kill me, Zach. Yeah, there's just, just the worst. I never thought that he would actually be drafted by the Titans either because I was pretty confident the Colts would take him. They put a huge smoke screen on all of us. And I don't, I mean, I probably would go with Anthony Richardson over Levis because I think he has more upside, but, and I think he, I like Anthony Richardson, the person better than I do will Levis the person, but I wouldn't have taken him fourth overall. I don't think I would have taken him in the first round. I don't think you should take a quarterback based on potential in the first round or, early second round, which was essentially a first-round pick for the Titans because technically it was the number 32 overall pick since the Dolphins had, had forfeited their pick. But it's I, – I don't understand it. I get the – I get why people like Levis as far as what he could be because he's got the size. He has the great arm. He has everything that you, you know, ran the pro-style offense, even though it wasn't great in 2022. He had some good games in 2021, some great moments. I mean, he he lit up Tennessee's defense in 2021. It was, Tennessee just played better than he did, and then Hooker outdueled him that game like he did a lot of these SEC quarterbacks over the years. But just the, the personality, it's like he's trying to be, and I wrote this over the weekend, it's like he's trying to be the quarterback that he thinks everybody wants him to be. He's not... We haven't seen the actual Will Levis, I don't think. It's always what he thinks. He's trying to mold himself to this image and this quarterback that that's just not who he is. And the, the sleeveless shirts, and Colin Coward talked about that, and, you know, some rubs some teams the wrong way, that he thinks too highly of his arm, that he thinks that he's got that, he can do whatever. And if you can't read a defense, if you're throwing it to the other team too often, it doesn't really matter how strong your arm is. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to win a locker room over. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me. Hendon Hooker is that type of guy. I don't know if Hendon Hooker is going to go out there and perform like he did in the SEC, but I know personality-wise, he's going to be a popular guy in that locker room. People are going to believe in him. He'll have to go out there and prove it on Sundays on the field, 
But before he ever gets to that point, I think players will believe in him. I don't think it's going to be that way with Will Levis. I see him as like a Russell Wilson type guy. You you said it earlier, like a faux leader that tries way too hard. It doesn't come naturally to him at all. Uh, if Hendon Hooker is more like a, a Joe Burrow where it just comes naturally, you just have that natural confidence. Burrow's a confident guy, but it doesn't come off the wrong way. Same thing with Hooker. With Levis, I mean, I mean Tennessee fans saw it. During the real football talk back at the end of October, right before Tennessee beat them by 38 points in Knoxville, uh, you come out and you you talk stuff like that, and then you go lay an egg uh, against the, the worst secondary in college football. I don't see how you're a second round pick. I, I don't get it at all. I understand Titans fans' frustrations. I've seen some people say, you know, you're just saying that because he's a Kentucky guy. Well, no, I mean, I'm not a Titans fan, so it doesn't really. <clears throat> bother me that much at all i mean i'm a i'm a panthers guy and they're pretty terrible but i'm happy with that they got bryce young i mean i'm excited to watch him play i worry that he might get hurt because he's so small but skill wise and who he is i i believe in him and who he can be he has to go prove it too but it has nothing to do with will levis being at kentucky i don't think titans fans care where their quarterback comes from if he wins games i love derrick henry he is the absolute man he changed the Titans franchise forever. And that man went to the University of Alabama. I hate Alabama. So much I hate Alabama. That, if the school, <laughs> like, slid into the ocean, <laughs> I wouldn't lose a wink of sleep, okay? Um, I'm glad you reined yourself in there and didn't go with whatever <laughs> first came to your mind. <laughs> it wasn't what I just said. The first game. <laughs> I can tell you. Um, and I love Derek Henry. It doesn't matter to me where these kids go to college. I just watched this kid play. I mean, I even, I had a conversation on, on Twitter with a dude who's like a Titans analyst. And even in the conversation that we had, he was like, admittedly, I don't watch a ton of college football. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Go watch this dude play college football. Like this, we, you know, everybody was kind of, from outside looking in, I think definitely those draft analysts and stuff, they were like, well, what are, what are people so worked up about? Well, we watched this kid play football. We, we watched him throw three interceptions against Tennessee. I think it was Mr. Uh, no, John, John Hill right here. He said he threw three interceptions against Tennessee's DBs. You know, you know what you got to do to do that? Like it's last year's set of defensive backs. That's bad, 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 bad. And then that um, little stunt he pulled when he tried to bring the offense back uh, onto the field. When you know, I, go watch that clip on Twitter. If you haven't, I'm sure everybody, a lot of people have seen it by now or remember when it happened during the actual game, but ESPN announcers are like, yeah, he's running the whole offense back on the field, but you know, this is a catch. Like, they're not going to overturn this. <laughs> and he just looks foolish. I mean, that is the uh, fake leadership that you're, you know, you're talking about. When you're waving everybody to come back, you're putting your helmet on, you have them on the field as they're saying it's Tennessee's football. And then you're running off the field like, what? And then the camera just stays on him for what seemed like an eternity. It was probably about 10 seconds, but it seemed like forever just frown. Every, I mean, how many memes did we see of Will Levis with you know frowning? It, it was constant. Like he, can, he's not the guy that you want leading you down the field in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. He's just not. Like he's not the guy that's going to inspire confidence in the huddle. And maybe we, maybe we're all terribly wrong about him, and he excels. Maybe. I mean, it's certainly possible. I didn't. I didn't think Josh Allen was going to be that great coming out of Wyoming because he had a lot of turnovers. He he didn't have the numbers production that you would think he should have at Wyoming so it you know you can turn it around but you Josh Allen's not Will Levis personality wise either like there was something there to kind of work with uh 
we could be wrong. Yeah. These NFL teams are wrong all the time. I mean, Blaine Gabbert was a what top ten pick. I mean, they they miss on guys all the time. But I just there's nothing that I've seen that suggests that it's going to get easier for him when he's playing against better competition. That I mean, that's just not how it works. No, there there's some pretty good comments here. A lot of people commenting. Thanks to everybody for watching and and hanging out and giving your take. Ben Hall, he says, sadly, I think Mike Vrabel attracts and is attracted to arrogant a holes. I think that's probably if they don't win, if they, he, li- he likes the confidence he likes the confidence from they from start Marvel. losing games and Vrabel that act with the media is not gonna go over well yeah no 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 that that is wearing extremely thin that I mean I've been done with that for like three years but you win 11 games you can get by with it yeah sure and I mean Tannehill's in a row Tannehill's gonna be the quarterback this season Levis if Tannehill's healthy Levis isn't gonna play but um uh, just uh, let's see. There was there was another one I liked. Elias Gray he said Levis can throw the longest of interceptions. He really does have a knack for that. <laughs> it's like one of the highlights they showed of him uh, was an underthrow where the def- like if it was on target, it would have you know it would have been an interception. I oh and I I kind of like this theory for Mister Jones here. He said the Titans drafted Will Levis so the fans will be okay with Tannehill as the QB. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> suddenly Tannehill's like, yeah, well, we're roll with that guy this year. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Suddenly, I'm like, "Whoa! Thank goodness we have Ryan Tannehill." Oh, lordy, what a what a relief that is. Hey, how um, about if if uh, game game one Tannehill gets a stinger or has to go in concussion protocol? Do you want Malik Willis or Will Levis coming onto the field in week one? I would want Will Levis to play because he'll be horrible. <laughs> I mean, you you like it? It almost doesn't matter who you are. You got to be a really special, dude, to like in week one of your career, all you've played is like preseason games. It takes a seriously special dude to be half decent in that spot. I mean, like Malik Willis couldn't throw a forward pass last year and he was a good college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like he's going to be instantly good. Even if he will eventually be good, he's not going to be instantly good. Um, <clears throat> and so, so I almost wish Levis would just come in stink. And then we're like, okay, we're, let's just find another guy, <laughs> you know, just let go ahead and move on. Um, yeah. Elias says it here. Levis would get Garantano so fast, <laughs> probably with that offensive line. I mean, that's, what's going to happen to Tannehill. Let's be honest. Tannehill's going to get, are you almost happy crack. for Hendon hooker that he doesn't have to play behind that offensive line? Because we saw yes. like Josh Dobbs did not look bad in those two starts that he had for the Titans, but there were so many times where he just did not have time to throw the ball. I mean, obviously he made the really bad decision with the check down on fourth down against the Jaguars. That was catastrophic. And Josh Dobbs will be the first to tell you that. But outside of that, he just really didn't have much time to, to do anything. Like, I don't feel like we've ever got a fair look at Josh Dobbs in the NFL. And it's, it's a real shame because we know from his time at Tennessee that he's kind of like he's a gamer. He doesn't always practice the best. I mean, we saw it in person multiple times. Yeah, uh, I really do hope he eventually gets a shot, but I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen now. I think that was maybe his one chance. I mean, ultimately, the move I would have loved if the Titans like really wanted to tank, they should have traded away Tannehill, ate that and then kept Dobbs and just let Dobbs be the starter. You probably probably would have won I don't know, four or five games. And then, and best case scenario, Dobbs ends up being good somehow because he was he was decent in in that game against the Jaguars. He wasn't bad. Um, he was he was way 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 better than Malik Willis. Yeah. So, uh, and and nearly as good as Tannehill was in most outings. So that that's what I wish they would have done. And I guess it can lead this conversation into this. 
I mean, look again, it's A to Z sports Nashville. So it's kind of trying to toe a line here. Um, but also I, I'm, I'm a giant Titans fan for now. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> and if, if the Titans would have selected hooker, it would have been one of the most popular pitch they've ever uh, made. So look, NFL franchises shouldn't choose players based on where they went to college. That would be foolhardy. Like if you just had, you oh, know, yeah. the saints choosing all LSU players. Well, I mean, that, the Eagles no. are kind of doing that with Georgia, with Georgia. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, in the last two drafts. Yeah. The, and they the, traded for a, another Georgia player on draft day. Yeah, the Philadelphia yeah, Bulldogs. Yeah, they got yeah. Swift up there now. Um, but, you know, they, they shouldn't do that. But in some situations, you can make decisions that are smart for your franchise. And you think long-term, smart for your franchise, like from a marketing perspective even. You think long-term, and you go back to 1998. I've always said this. The Titans came in at such a terrible time because they came in at the exact time that Peyton Manning left college. And everybody in the state of Tennessee, if they became an NFL fan, they became a Colts fan. Nobody, nobody became a Titans fan. I did, for, and I've been cursed with that ever since. But, um, you know, for the most part, nobody became a Titans fan in the state of Tennessee at that point. They all became Colts fans. And so that they had bad timing from the jump. And then you come back and you have an amazing opportunity right here where you you could have, like I said, Hooker would have been available at that. Had the Titans not uh, traded up, Hooker would have been available in that second round spot. Again, I think they should have just taken a wide receiver. At the and they the could have taken Jalen Hyatt too uh, earlier anybody. in the draft. I, to anybody that wasn't Will Levis, and it, it would have been ultimately been a much more popular pick. But not only, obviously, if you chose Hooker, you would have had Tennessee fans love you instantly. I mean, the generational QB that changed Tennessee's football program gave us a season that we haven't had in 20 years, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it, it was, the kid is, it, it's not as, he's not as popular as Peyton Manning was in 1998, but he's as close as you can he's possibly. Pretty, yeah, he's getting yeah. there because, I mean, look, both of both of those guys never didn't win a national championship or a Heisman at Tennessee. They just had great careers. Yes, I, I mean, and that they're just beloved. And you would have gotten a guy who's completely beloved in the state that you are in and gained a bunch of fans that you wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then you could have you could have done what, honestly, what I advocate for. They should have just taken a wide receiver, a good wide receiver, be it Jalen Hyatt or anybody, and you wouldn't have alienated Tennessee fans. And this is where I really, it gets off the tracks for me, is that the Levis pick, not only is it stupid because the kid stinks at football, but... It's stupid because every Tennessee fan in this entire state, if they watched any Tennessee football, hates this kid it, for, for the Kentucky reason. Again, mine is much more based in like, did you watch this guy play football at all? But I mean, dude, like not only did you not gain Tennessee fans, you alienated all of them in the state that you're in. And the fan base for the Tennessee football is so exponentially larger than the Titans fan base. They sell so many more tickets, so much more merch. They are so much more popular in this state. <laughs> and they just like alienated all those people instantly. Plus the Tennessee fans that were already Titans fans. Like me, you alienate too because it pissed me the heck off. And I just, I, I uh, it's hard for me to think of a more idiotic, moronic thing to do. And then they, 
you know, and this, I think this pissed off everybody, Tennessee fan or not. They do all these weird picks, take a running back without an ACL instead of a wide receiver and all this stuff. And then there's like that clip of them waving at the camera going, ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 I hope you're both fired. I hope you both get fired in what, a year. I, I'm going to give you a year. And I hope neither of you are involved with the Titans franchise. God almighty. It this? wasn't just that. It was the little comment about the UT Martin receiver, too, about Mike Vrabel saying you saw what he did against the Vols. Like, how do you even like he's obviously very aware of the fan base and the state he's in and what people wanted. They can say all this stuff like Rand Carthen was on 104.5 The Zone uh, this morning, Monday morning, said he does not. He's not on social media. He doesn't know what people are saying. Yes, you do. You all know. Everybody knows. Vrabel wouldn't have made that comment if he didn't know. And with all the questions about wide receivers, to take one in the seventh round after you pass on Jalen Hyatt and a number of other guys that could have been productive uh, just to take one in round. I mean, how many round seven wide receivers have ever produced in the NFL? There's not many. What Marcus Colston, I think, for the Saints years ago might have been a seventh round guy, but the list is pretty short of those guys. And the Titans wide receiver room and quarterback room right now combined. I mean, it's got to be bottom three in the NFL. I mean, maybe the Buccaneers are are there with them, but it's and at least they have Mike Evans. I mean, it's pretty bad. A lot of a lot of people in the comments are talking about how Rand Carthen, he's Florida, Florida guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was probably a factor. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I doubt it. Because because if, if that was really a factor, would you not have traded up for Anthony Richardson? Because he was there at three. And they were yeah. talking about if C.J. Stroud was available at three, the, the talk was that the Titans were probably going to trade up and take him. And, and ultimately, the reporting after the fact has been that that was actually the case. Um, and that the Titans totally changed their strategy after the Texans took Stroud. Um, but I mean, like like Ben Ben says it here in the comments. He said, "I hate Florida and would have gladly taken Richardson in the second. I don't know. I would have gladly taken Richardson. I think he'd be second. easier to swallow than Levis because yes. you've got so much more upside with Richardson. He doesn't exactly. have as many starts under his belt. He was he's playing with uh, different head coaches, and then Billy Napier came in, who does not look like he knows what he's doing. Uh, God knows what that offense is going to look like without an Anthony Richardson running it. It's not going to be prettier. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but." I think that's a pick that, you know, second, third round, Anthony Richardson would have made a lot of sense. Again, I don't I don't think the Colts were wise to do that. I think he's a project that's going to take some time, uh, but it, it certainly would have been easier to handle. I, I'm The comment's way up, but Mr. Jones said uh, John Robinson would have taken Hendon Hooker. I think that's 100% correct uh, because Hooker has a torn ACL and John Robinson loved taking <laughs> those guys. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> I, I, Though taking the running back with no ACO is a nice little ode to J-Rob. God, yeah, no kidding. That, that was their their tip of the cap. Uh, thank you. They poured one out for J-Rob yes. with that draft pick. Uh, no, I, again, I'm not saying they should have taken Hinton Hooker. I mean, I would have, believe me. But obviously, I wear orange-colored glasses at all times. But I mean, dude, this was just so stupid and and i may be proven wrong and i honestly i hope i am at the end of the day am i gonna huff away from the titans and become a lions fan no i have given way way too much to this stupid franchise that continues to spit in my face if but i, I here's coach in five years you're gonna say that do what if rabriel's still the head coach in five years you're gonna say that no nah, we'll see i mean everybody has their breaking point but i i will say this this move 
I'm not going to like give good time to the Titans this season. I'm not going to go out of my way, make plans to go to a game. I'm not buying tickets. I'm not going to a game. Heck no. If they had drafted Hinton Hooker, I would be buying tickets yesterday. But like, and again, they, they wouldn't have to take him, but they probably shouldn't have. But like, that is a fact. And now not only am I, you know, not just over the moon about the draft, but I hate it. And I'm not going to do anything that's pro Titans for the time being. Am I going to burn my Jersey and, you know, curse the sky? Yeah, probably not. But do I hate Mike Vrabel and have I hated him for a long time now? And do I want to see this whole Will Levis experiment fail? Look, yeah, maybe. <laughs> would I would I be lying if I said no to that? Yes. So it's there's tough. that. It's tough for move. It's tough, but I think if I was a Titans fan, I think the best situation for Tennessee is to just get through a really bad year. Uh, hopefully, get the number one draft pick, move on from Mike Vrabel, get an offensive minded head coach, and draft Caleb Williams out of USC. I think that's the quickest path to finding quick success because this rebuild or this retool which feels like a rebuild they're not you either got to commit to the rebuild or go all in to win a super bowl like the rams you know did with trading all those draft picks you got to go get if you believe in cj stroud you got to make that move but houston kudos to to them you know, they convinced everybody that they weren't going to take a quarterback and then they end up getting two of the top five players in the draft that's the type of aggressive moves that can turn a franchise around. So you either got to do like what the Bears did, or you're just like, we're going to tank and and come back up, you know, deal with it this year and build it back, build it back up after that, or you got to, you know, spend the draft capital and get your guys. Absolutely. So, and this is Elias. This is the nightmare right here. He says, <laughs> "What if Hinton Hooker starting in Detroit and taking them to the playoffs in three years? I'll, I'll be cry. great for the, no. You won't. It'll be great for the Vols." That's true. That's true. At the at the end of the day, I'll be cheering him on. I I would be like if they were in the playoffs with Hinton Hooker. I'm I'm a I'm a Lions fan at that point. I would be. Look, it, this is I didn't go to Tennessee Titans University like I went to the University of Tennessee, and I didn't <laughs> grow up in Tennessee Titans State. I grew up in the state of Tennessee, and I'm only loyal to the Titans because I grew up liking them. You know, at this point, like I'm not. I'm not tied in like with the University of Tennessee. So maybe, maybe listen to that, Brand Carthon and Mike Vrabel. You don't have, you can't do whatever you want with impunity and just expect people to continue to love what you're, you know, love you and what you're doing. So any freaking who. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish up. It was a bit of a cathartic exercise for Char Charlie. Well, I, I haven't, I hadn't really gotten to spill at all because frankly, my, my wife just doesn't care <laughs> like, to somebody else. And yeah. so I'm, I'm telling you guys, um, <laughs> and so there, there you go. Uh, and we'll finish with just a final bit of draft talk. Then we're going to talk uh, baseball to finish things off. But, uh, Georgia fans are really not happy with you, Zach. Uh, and you know, Honestly, who gives a crap uh, about them? But we're going to talk about why exactly they're unhappy with you, and it has to also do with Tennessee Vols in the uh, NFL draft. But uh, before we get into that, I got to tell you about our next great sponsor, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships 
especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau health plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau health plans. Support them because they support us. Go get yourself a new health plan. Now, <laughs> I'll just kind of throw it to you, Zach. You wrote an article about Darnell Wright and uh, then Georgia fans, you, you said you, I believe you told me you had to just like log off Twitter. You were just like, I'm out of here. I can't do this for right now because uh, they were all over you. What happened? Yeah, I found myself wanting to engage and that usually doesn't end well for anybody. It's best just to ignore those people. But I think everybody knows how Georgia fans are, right? I mean, Tennessee has rivalries. Fall Twitter is is known for kind of taking it to people or getting involved, getting in the mix with, with lots of different fan bases. But it doesn't matter at this point. Anything I tweet about Tennessee that's positive does not mention Georgia one time. It brings at least five or ten Georgia fans. I've muted so many Georgia accounts. I've never used to block anybody on Twitter ever. I mean, I'm just like, why Why do that? Like, why does it? It got so frustrating. I was just like, no, I'm just blocking these Georgia fans because there's no point in this. But this particular instance, you know, Darnell Wright, the Bears had the number nine overall pick. And they traded down one spot with the Eagles, who had the 10 pick, because they, they knew the Eagles wanted Jalen Carter. That was another player that was high on the Bears draft board. But Darnell Wright was their guy, they decided. They saw an opportunity to trade down with Philly and gain an extra draft pick. I think they got like a fourth or fifth round draft pick next year for just to swap spots. And they took Darnell Wright. So, you know, the article was, you know, the the Bears passed on Jalen Carter, or the Bears drafted Darnell Wright over Jalen Carter in part because of a workout that was cut short. And the Chicago Tribune detailed how Tennessee or uh, Chicago, the Bears put Darnell Wright through this really intense workout in Knoxville. They came down, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier and he did just fine with it, you know, passed with flying colors, made them convinced that he was their guy. They go to Athens the very next day at Georgia's pro day and Jalen Carter, according to the Chicago Tribune, shows up overweight, gets out of breath quickly, can't finish the workout. At that point, when you combine the character concerns, some of which were coming from Georgia, we know from Todd McShay, who said the Georgia coaches were the ones putting the stuff out there about Jalen Carter's character. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, they also did the same thing about Keely Ringo. And Georgia fans, I mean, I tweeted that stuff out, and they think I'm just making it up. I'm like, here's the video of these guys saying this stuff. It's not coming from me. I'm not talking to Georgia coaches. They're talking to national reporters. And I don't think Ian Rappaport or Todd McShay, two pretty respected guys, more so even, I think, you know, they're respected guys. They're not just going to make that kind of stuff up. But all that combined led to the Bears' decision. And the amount of Georgia fans that don't understand, that think they're getting one over on me or calling me out because uh, Carter was actually drafted above Darnell Wright. Like, they can't seem to comprehend that the Bears traded down because they didn't want Carter. And if they would have wanted Carter, they would have just drafted him. Like, it's that simple. You would have just taken him with the number nine pick and went about your your business to the next round. But they they didn't want him. They saw an opportunity to add some draft capital. It was a great move by Chicago. You get your guy and you get an extra draft pick. If anything, it's kind of dumb by the Eagles. But Georgia fans are just, I don't know. They think that 
Tennessee fans, I'm not even going to say myself. I think it's just towards all Tennessee fans. I don't know what the deal is, but they think that Georgia is the only team that can have any sort of success. If you don't win a national championship, why even take the field? It's kind of their mentality uh, towards Tennessee. And it's it's gotten so old. I It's got to be the worst fan base on the internet. I mean, I, it, in person, I have friends that are Georgia fans. They're fine. fine. I'm not, you know, personally, no issues there. I would never base friendships off who you're a fan of anyway. But the internet version of the Georgia fans, beyond the worst thing on the internet. If your take is, you know, national championship or or get off the field now, I mean, Georgia just needs to quit every other sport. Because, uh, I mean, Tennessee was their biggest game in the regular season. I mean, so did you play anybody? Yeah. If that's your, if that's your, your take? There, there's a lot to this. I'll... I'll start honestly with sort of a funny story. I ended up actually, I left uh, for a trip to Las Vegas on the day of pro day. And I left in the afternoon. I ended up sitting, if if people know the Knoxville airport, there's only one restaurant at the Knoxville airport. Do you know what it is, Zach? What is the one restaurant? It's a Ruby Tuesdays, which it's like the only one left in America. Well, it is, you know, based in Knoxville. So (laughs) it is, it is that they're, they're essentially they're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking correctly. There are no other Ruby Tuesdays like in Knoxville. I think so that it's like, is. It's like one. Blockbuster. It's like there's one left. Yes, <laughs> gonna uh, keep the tradition alive. But I was at the the Knoxville airport and I sat beside two Giants uh, scouts because it was the day of pro day. I sat beside two giant scouts. I told you in Austin this, but I, uh, I leaned over to the to them because they were just like there, and I went, oh, "You guys should, you should." Draft Arnell Wright. And they looked at me and they were like, huh, okay. And they like looked at me like I was stupid and then turned around and I was like, okay, that didn't go how I envisioned <laughs> it going. Uh, but, you know, hey, thanks, guys. Uh, but then I actually got on the flight and it was just yeah, obviously every connection out of Knoxville. If you fly out of here, you go through Atlanta. Um, and so we were just going to actually sat uh, caddy corner to a, uh, a Bears scout. And so uh, maybe I was sitting beside one of the dudes that was part of that workout for Darnell Wright. I don't know. I mean, likely um, you likely were. <laughs> I probably probably was. I mean, that, that's the honest God truth. But um, yeah, as as far as all of that goes, like, what do you want us to say? They it wasn't Tennessee that made the Bears draft Darnell Wright. The Bears chose that, but they didn't like pay the Bears to take Darnell Wright. Like, what do you want us to say? And then, yeah, like Georgia fans, they're just there was like no out opinion. Of like I did not offer my opinion. I don't think like really at all on it. Like it was just like this is what happened. Like I thought it was a great story, uh, you know, for for Tennessee and for Darnell Wright. Like you went through all of this, you you obviously you've prepared. You put yourself on that same level as a guy that some considered the top the most talented guy in the draft. Like there were people that had Jalen Carter at the top of their draft board before all that stuff about the car accident and, and the unfortunate, you know, death of his teammate and everything that happened in Athens before all that came out. A lot of people had him, you know, as the top, uh, a lot of people had him as the top player period. Somehow he's top defensive player, whatever. It's a great story that Darnell Wright went through this workout and Jalen Carter couldn't. I mean, I think it speaks volumes about who Darnell Wright is as a player, yeah. as a person, and, you know, a little bit the program, too, because I think there that is part of the culture that Tennessee's built. Like, I don't want to put it all on Tennessee. I think, ultimately, it is what Darnell Wright accomplished. He is the one that did all this. And I think he deserves 
most of the credit for that. And Jalen Carter will probably be a great player. I mean, if he gets whatever issues under control, he's obviously extremely talented. The Eagles were in a better position to take him because they they have a more established locker room. The Bears GM was specifically asked about Jalen Carter's character, and he kept it classy. But he did, you know, kind of put it out there. He's like, I'm not going to comment specifically on Jalen Carter, but character is always going to be a big deal for us. And then he talked about, you know, down the road, you have a more established locker room that can, you got veterans that can take a rookie in and kind of mentor them and put them on the right path. It makes some selections like that a little more viable for a team. The Eagles are in that position. So it wasn't even slamming Jalen Carter in any way. It was just kind of a comparison of like, hey, this is why the Bears, you know, like, took Darnell Wright top 10. It's why they were comfortable doing that and not taking a really talented player in Jalen Carter. There's nothing negative pointed at Georgia in that conversation, but that does not stop them. Does not stop them. If I go and say, hey, you know, Tennessee scored 48 points a game or whatever it was last year and led the nation, there's going to be 10 replies like, well, how many did they score in Athens? What happened in Athens? That's all all you're going to get. And it's, you know, college football fans know that there's one national champion. It's not really what the college football season is about for most programs. It's it's enjoying the traditions. Obviously, that's what you want to do. I mean, I, I want to see Tennessee go 15-0. and 0. That Georgia loss did not feel good. The South Carolina loss felt even worse. Like, even when they're 5-7 and seven and they lose to South Carolina when Butch Jones is getting fired, doesn't feel good then either. Uh, nobody wants to lose games. But you don't focus on the losses. You know, if you're a fan, you especially after an 11 and 2 season, it doesn't take away from the great season that Tennessee had and it's just really unfortunate that Georgia fans seem to not I mean even Alabama fans have been a little kinder it seems like after Tennessee beat them. Yeah, you've still got some that are out of pocket just like there's Tennessee fans are going to be that way too, but there's a little bit more of a respect there than there is with Georgia fans it seems. Yeah, but Bama fans actually after losing to Tennessee in football, and then we beat them in basketball too. They they've they've started to come correct a little bit, and they don't really pop up that often. In fact, when no. they do, it's usually to talk about how terrible Georgia fans yeah. are because I guess they deal <laughs> exactly. with it too. That's what it's I was about wild. to say. <laughs> yeah, like they also they just completely despise Georgia fans because obviously that's the the last SEC team to beat Georgia was Alabama, uh, and and so like. It's basically going to come down to in these next few years, probably with the things, the way things look currently, it's going to be like, in some sense, I don't know if you would say it this way, but like Tennessee and Alabama kind of teaming up to make sure Georgia doesn't, (laughs) doesn't just like win every national championship. That's what it's going to have to come down to. Like we're really like the last, obviously Tennessee in the regular season is Georgia's only tough game this coming season. Yeah. And and so and then Alabama, if they make it to the SC championship game, Alabama is probably LSU. most likely. Uh, LSU's, LSU, LSU. Yeah, Alabama's quarterback situation is kind of iffy. Uh, that's true. I mean, they're bringing in a transfer after spring practice from from Notre Dame. That's Ugh. yeah. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. So I mean, a, another good chance to beat Alabama this season. Let's be clear there. But um, you know, it just it is what it is. You you have to now. They've they've supplanted themselves. Tennessee beating Alabama this year. Was really, I mean, it ultimately ended up kind of being two ships passing in the night where it was like, okay, 
Tennessee's back and Georgia's the new the new dog. Mm-hmm. And Alabama's kind of like at this crossroads where they're like, are we is this actually going to be where we don't win 10 games in a season where Saban finally actually falls off? I mean, they're or, far from it. Yeah. I, I like I, if they don't get the quarterback situation figured out, it could be kind of, it could be legitimately kind of rough there this this season. So um obviously this, it's Nick Saban. I'll hold my this, breath. But. Mr. Jones here. This is where it started with me. For, with Georgia fans. He says 27 to 13 isn't the blowout that they act like it is. That was the moment that I started having all the Georgia fans pop up because again, wasn't throwing shade at Georgia. I mean, they dominated that game for sure. I mean, they controlled the game from middle of the first quarter on. There was no doubt that they were probably going to win that game, but the, it wasn't a blowout. Tennessee had chances. Uh, and I broke down some of the plays. There was a you know play where Jalen Hyatt got open deep. Uh, Princeton fan Brew McCoy also had some chances where Hooker, there was a lot of pressure. Georgia generated a lot of pressure. That's why they were able to beat Tennessee the way they – or stop Tennessee's offense the way they did. I mean, we've said for months on this show that that's the secret to beating Tennessee is getting pressure with your front four and not having the blitz. And you can you know drop everybody back, and it makes things a lot easier. Even doing that, there were still times that Tennessee had guys open down the field. Hooker either didn't have time. He wasn't as sharp that day. The weather wasn't great, and nobody's using rain as an excuse, but obviously that's going to limit what your quarterback can do. He wasn't perfect that day. I mean, it, it happens, and you have to about be perfect to beat that Georgia defense. And you would have thought that I was making it out like Georgia hit a game-winning field goal You know, as time expired to win that game, and, and that wasn't the case. It was just simply breaking down, hey, this game wasn't the blowout that Georgia's win over Oregon was it's a different type of game like georgia's defense wasn't out there just you know second third string just making life hell on on the vols all day i mean they had their chances and a lot of it was self-inflicted too i mean all those what eight nine uh false starts and that's a put you behind the chains early on and and we've seen that's another way to beat tennessee's offense is they get first and 15 second 15 it's hard to get that tempo going and and keep those drives going. So I I already said it. I mean, in, unless Tennessee does really take like a legitimate like power turn in the next few years, I think this season this is as good as it's probably going to get in terms of your chances of beating Kirby Smart at Georgia. I mean, this is at home. You have a good team. Obviously, they're always going to have a good team, but they're resetting at quarterback. They're losing a bunch of defensive players. I mean, they're they're reloading with five stars as they have the last couple of years. But like this, this is as good of a chance as you're going to get as long as Kirby is recruiting at the level he's recruiting at. Mm-hmm. He did it again this past year, and he's doing it again right now. So you know, don't count on that ending anytime soon. And so, I mean this this season, it's it's time to capitalize, and and this is the thing that you have to get over. And I mean, it obviously what it would provide to the Tennessee fan. I mean, it, it would be at, at this point, it would be extremely similar to what happened with Alabama fans this season where Alabama fans literally didn't know how to handle anything. Although I will say like, there's I, a I whole think, generation of Alabama fans that had never experienced that before. So yes, exactly. Like Georgia fans know the pain of losing Tennessee. If you're 20, it's happened a pretty decent amount in your life, but yeah. like, uh, and and very painfully too, because I mean that the last time I mean 2016 was what seven years ago, but still, even 2015 Tennessee erased a, a big deficit, yeah, almost in 2014 true. too. Yeah, so so as long as you're 10 years old, you've seen it happen uh, multiple times. So I like there there is that factor. 
but to be able to shut them up, but then also, you know, that's, that's one thing for the fans and it'd be great for the fans, but I mean, for recruiting, for actually moving oh, yeah. up and, and getting yourself into that elite tier in college football. It's, oh, you would, yeah. it's a requirement. Mm-hmm. And that it's, it's tough to say that because obviously they're the powerhouse of all powerhouses right now in college football, but that's, that's life in SEC. So yeah, you can't get mad at Josh Heupel for losing a five-star recruit to Georgia at this point, because all, you know, Kirby smarts got the, Hey, you know, we've won back-to-back championships. They haven't. Where do you yeah. want to go? It's, it's pretty easy recruiting pitch for Kirby. And the thing about Georgia is I've never, never thrown shade directly at the program. I think Kirby smart does what he has to do to, I, I don't think he's the best X's and O's coach sometimes or decision in game coach at times, but, He's won back-to-back championships. Uh, y- you can't argue with that. He has great talent. He has a good staff around him. He knows how to be the CEO of a program. Yeah. Obviously, he's he stepped right into that situation, being a first-time head coach. And, and you know, it was a little rocky that first year. They lost to Vanderbilt. They lost to Butch Jones. But after that, he got the thing going, and and he's been, you know, it's been on fire ever since. So there's no shade at Georgia's program. Like, I respect what they've done. I respect how they've done it. I mean, they've recruited and and won big games. I mean, you you can't really hate on that. You you can be disappointed by it. You can be annoyed by it. You can wish that they would lose games. You can pull against them, but you know it is what it is. You just got to go beat them, like you said. So the problem's never been really with Georgia themselves. Uh, for me personally, you know, I have way more disdain for Florida and Alabama than Georgia. It's always kind of been that way. But the fans, man, they really they're really putting that to the test because uh, it's, it's pretty insufferable. Yeah. I mean, like to me, like Florida and, and Kentucky and Alabama, they, they've been a little more of a, a comprehensive annoyance because they've all at times been really good at basketball, really good at baseball, really, you know, they've, they've had things other than football. And obviously all of those in football have been a giant annoyance outside of Kentucky, but, you know, there was a little more of that, like Georgia. Yeah. For whatever reason, they just, they, I, I don't know until these last couple of years, they haven't just ground on my nerves. Like they do now just for some and, reason. It's and even now them winning, I, I hated like, them before, but like, ugh. I didn't want to see them win a championship, but the biggest reason we talked about this on the show when, when they played Alabama in the championship game, I think most of us wanted Alabama to win that game, not not because you wanted to see Alabama win another championship, but it was like it's kind of like Belichick and the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. It's like, well, what's another one at this point? I mean, yeah, he's going to retire eventually and be gone. Like he's nearing the end of his career. This isn't going to go on forever. When Georgia won that championship, it's like, okay, they're going to get a bump in recruiting. You're going against a lot of this. You're you're recruiting a lot of the same players. A lot of Tennessee's guys come from Georgia that just makes life tougher for Tennessee. And then that was the main reason that I didn't want to see them win a championship. Plus, you know, they hadn't won one in 40 some years. You you know, I, I never liked that whole comeback because it's been what, 25 years since Tennessee's won one. That's it's a lifetime ago. Pretty much. I don't, I don't find that, you know, I don't find any joy in bringing those types of things up, but at the same time, it, it was something that you held over them. It's true. Just got to beat them. That's it. Bottom line, go beat them this year. You got them at home. You got them right where you want them, and it's it's as good as it's gonna get. So, hey, were you surprised that Stetson Bennett went in the I think the fourth round to the Rams? Yes, I really was. And Max Duggan went in like the seventh round. I was like, I would have taken Max Duggan over Stetson Bennett. I feel like, but I maybe not. I 
Like he just actually been it with the character concerns. Just he, I mean, exactly. his are his aren't like rumors. Like we've seen all of it. Yeah, I it it was weird. Like he just really he's like a Johnny Manziel vibe. Yes, he has the Johnny Manziel vibe without the Johnny Manziel like skill electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and so yeah, I, Manziel I like Texas A and M beat Alabama because of Johnny Manziel. They won. 11, yes. 10, 11 games, whatever it was, under Kevin Sumlin because of Johnny Menzel. Uh, Georgia didn't win because of Stetson Bennett. Yes, I, I will put it this way. Georgia won with Stetson Bennett. Texas A&M won because of Johnny Menzel. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the difference. Uh, regardless. Um, I think that's it for football. Anything else uh, before we finish up with a little bit of baseball talk, Zach. No, nah, that's enough talk about George as it is. It's, I don't <laughs> want to waste any more time on on that. They're just... the absolute worst. Uh, just beat them. And I, hate, like, I don't like generalizing fan bases. I know that there's probably a lot of great Georgia fans out there. Maybe the majority that aren't on Twitter and social media, but... Maybe. My God. There's, I've never... Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, there's really no no other way. There's nothing else you can add to it. They're just just bad. They really just the absolute worst. Um, now, what's the exact opposite of the absolute worst? Well, that would be the absolute best. You know what's the absolute best? A whiskey after a Tennessee sports victory. And you know what's the best whiskey to have after a Tennessee sports victory? Rattle and snap, Tennessee whiskey, folks. That's our next sponsor that I got to tell you about before uh, we talk a little baseball. Few things go better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey, and specifically this one right here. Logstill Distillery has released a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey, named after a long forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four year version, which is this one right here. Then there's also an eight year version. They are both incredibly tasty. They go great in cocktails, and then they also go pour, uh, go great, poured straight out of the bottle. If you watched me and Jonathan Crompton on the live stream this past season uh, during games, you saw that I did really enjoy this straight out of the bottle. Uh, but you can find it in stores across the state of Tennessee. Rattle and Snap is also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi if you're not a, a Tennessee-based fan of Tennessee whiskey. Run, don't walk, and go get yourself some Rattle and Snap Tennessee whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories and uh, you know where we might be seeing some more Tennessee sports victories. Maybe I, I don't want to speak too soon, but baseball, the baseball field, it seems like Tony Vitello and the boys might have gotten their mojo back together. The only reason that I am hesitant at all is that this whole flip has occurred at home in the very friendly confines of Lindsey Nelson stadium. They smash Vandy. And, uh, you know, run, roll and roll them in one game and sweep them in three games. And then Mississippi State comes to town. Mississippi State, low into the league. Turns out they really have no pitchers. Uh, and Tennessee sweeps them also in one of those games. They run roll Mississippi State just like they did Vandy. And they, I mean, the train's back on the tracks. I, I'll say that definitively. The train is back on the tracks for now. They got to go to Georgia. Again, not a top-level SEC team but one that a couple of weeks ago swept Arkansas. They lost their series this past weekend, but swept Arkansas two weeks ago, I believe. Um, so no, there is no pushover game in the SEC, but now you have to go prove it on the road. And now the conversation over the course of two weeks went from, is Tennessee going to miss the NCAA tournament to, 
okay, is Tennessee actually going to host a regional? Like it flipped that quickly. Uh, but Zach, how are you feeling? Is this is what is happening uh, in the last couple of weeks? Is that going to be sustainable going forward? Yeah, see, for me, I think, yeah, they're all the way back. Like I see what happened and the way the games played out. It was, uh, I think we talked about it last week with the Vanderbilt series. It was some of the 2022 Vols. It felt like we were watching with the come the comebacks and then the big wins, good pitching, the theatrics and the the dugout uh it it all felt like last season so for me no matter what happens moving forward they're all the way back baseball you've always got to keep it going like they're not going to go undefeated the rest of the season they might drop a series at some point and that doesn't mean that you know they're bad again or anything like that you start getting swept and losing consecutive series yeah obviously that's not good and and you, you you just can't do that but losses are going to happen in baseball. It's not like basketball or, or football where you have to go on these runs and one loss is catastrophic. So for me, I think I've seen all I need to see to say that they're back. I think it's definitely sustainable because we always knew they had the talent. We knew that the pitching was better than what we were seeing. We knew if they could clean up some of the, the defensive stuff. And they still had a few little moments with defensive stuff. But we knew if we they cleaned that up and just got the vibes right in the dugout, that everything would be fine. And they finally kind of learned who they were. They were around each other long enough to, to know the personalities on the team and, and find their, you know, best version of themselves. And that takes time when you're putting, there was so much turnover with this roster. You just couldn't expect Tony Vitello to go out from day one and pick up where they left off. And I think we all thought that they were going to, and when they didn't, it, you know, it went to panic mode because, you know, this is a different era for Tennessee baseball. You know, you 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 went to almost the top of the world last year, and for most of the season, you were the number one team. And then to try to come back and go through a tough stretch and get that back, there are feelings of, hey, will it ever happen? Is it was it just lightning in a bottle? And Tony Vitello isn't really that great of a coach, or, or those thoughts I think went through everybody's mind at some point because it's it's just natural, but. I think this really shows you like, hey, Tony Vitello, he really d- he has built something at Tennessee. And it's not always going to be perfect because that's baseball. And it's a it's a really hard game. It's really hard to go out there and, and beat a decent pitcher and to face good hitters and get them out. Like it's sometimes like we saw with that Tennessee Tech game. Sometimes not so great teams beat really good teams. And it's just the way the sport goes. So I, I think they're going to be fine moving forward. I'm Who knows where it goes from here? I mean, you got to catch fire at the right time too so they got to have weekends like this into may and june uh, if they really want to win a championship but we saw last season that it's it's certainly possible the way old miss's season went and then they they go win the championship it's all there for them to do it this year too uh we just gotta see how it plays out absolutely mr jones says it's not how you start it's how you finish and if they have truly turned the corner i mean what what a better time to do that you got three sec series left to kind of ramp you up into the postseason um the shakeup at pitcher is if if ultimately things really turn out well for tennessee maybe another college world series or something like that i, I think you're going to look back at that and go what a genius by Vitello bringing andrew Lindsay in and then shifting burns to a late game reliever he's been money in that spot what a what a great move that's been so far. Obviously, it's got to continue, but that Dolander is still rough around the edges. Uh, he's he started off pretty rough in the game against Mississippi State on on Saturday or uh, Friday. Friday, but but you know, he's still a good pitcher. And then Drew Beam, 
maybe the best pitcher in America right now. I mean, the kid's just freaking slinging it. And so you combine all of those things with Tennessee kind of getting the uh, the offense figured out, you know, Gr- Griffin Merritt heating up and you're hitting walk-offs and it's just it. And, and like Maui Ahuna's really, really found a nice rhythm. Like you really have, have just uh, like figured multiple things out all at once. And a lot of guys broke out of, uh, out of slumps and it, man, uh, I hope this continues because it's just so fun watching these dudes win with Vitello and the way that they carry themselves. And ah, I need it. A lot of times, and I said this, I think last week, a lot of times in baseball, these are the teams that win it all. They have the, they're talented. They have these tough starts and then they, they go through all this adversity and they come out on the other side and they get on this hot streak and they just, they don't stop until it's all over. Uh, I'm not saying that's what's, what's going to happen with Tennessee because we've seen it go the other way too, but these are the type of teams that have something special about them. If you can go through what they went through, all the criticism, tough losses, getting, I mean, it, they, they've been through a lot that they can say, Hey, we can weather the storm. We've been through this. We got this, uh, that, that resolve that they've shown has been impressive. And I think that's what should, should really give fans confidence that they can keep this going. Yeah. And I, I just really love some of the pieces like Cam Camden school coming in, uh, to end was it was it the Saturday game that he wrapped up? They kind of are running together on me, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I was busy with a lot of draft stuff. Over <laughs> that's true. Like yeah, you were slammed all weekend. But I mean that he's in like his ninth year at Tennessee, and and just came in and, and was just stone cold. Like it, there's just there's a lot of really great dudes on this team that are really easy to root for. And Man, I, I I just want to see them succeed so badly, and it's been a lot of fun the last two weeks. So hopefully it continues. We're just gonna have to see because I I've already said it. I I think just because of like the nature of college football and the nature of college basketball, I think the current Tennessee program that has the best chance to win a national championship next is is this baseball team. Mm-hmm. I I think they are they are at in an elite echelon already. And they just have to capitalize. And baseball is a weird sport where you don't have to be the elite of the elite to win a national mm-hmm. championship like in football. And so I'm, uh, uh, please, please let this, let this be the magic that it really looks like it might be. We'll just have to see. Uh, I think that might be it. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened to me have a full-on breakdown about the Tennessee Titans. Um, me, I, I mean, along with some folks in the comments, uh, it seems like I'm not the only Tennessee Titans fan that is not a super happy camper at the moment. <laughs> uh, but this, this was good. A, a cathartic experience. Glad I got to get that out and get it off my chest. Uh, but anything else for the folks at home, Zach, before we bounce for another week? Yeah, I think we, I think we definitely covered just about everything we possibly could have. I agree. I think that is it. Thank you again for watching. We could not appreciate it more. We'll be back here next week, Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Come hang out with us each and every week. Uh, we will be here. Look look for me on, another, again, I, I don't like to say because it, it hasn't happened yet and come to fruition, but look for me on another uh, Tennessee podcast. I'll blast it out on Twitter, but I've, I've been asked, but it hasn't happened yet, so I don't want to say too much, but there might be a little more content from me a little later this week. Uh, and other than that, I think that is it. Thank you again. And we will talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.